to take the time to honor and recognize the ladies amongst us, the mothers amongst us, is something that we do every Mother's Day. It, it is probably considered by some just a political, politically correct gesture due to the holiday. But I want to tell you, it is, it is not simply a politically correct gesture. It is following the example of the Bible itself. It is a biblical gesture. I want you to open your Bibles with me in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy comes right before Titus, which is right before Hebrews. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. This is Paul writing to his young protege, Tim, Timothy. And he says, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying, I see you as a legacy of your mother and your grandmother. Just a few pages, just a chapter over in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, Paul then says this, and you know, this is speaking of Timothy again, that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. These ladies have left this legacy in, in their grandson and in their son that, that from his birth, from, from when he was just a wee child, Paul says, he's known and understood the plan of salvation. He's gained wisdom and faith. This is the legacy that those ladies left in Timothy's life. What a blessing. We, when we honor the women in our midst, are living out a, a biblical principle, a biblical gesture. One of the most famous uh, texts recognizing women in all the Bible, and in fact, one of the, the probably the most famous proverb in all the Bible is Proverbs 31. It, it, it's a proverb about a godly woman. And it depicts a strong lady who is someone who runs her business well, runs her home well. And, and, and she does all this while making everyone, especially her, her children and her husband, proud. But, but then the Bible says something. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 3, Proverbs chapter 31, 31 and verse 31, pardon me, that, that it's not only her husband and her children that are to honor her, but truly the entire community should honor her. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 31. Listen to this. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. That's speaking to the entire community, not just the husband and the children. We should all, as a church, on occasion pause and acknowledge and recognize and appreciate the women amongst us who, who are leaving legacies, impacting the church for God's glory. There are so many women throughout the Bible that this is recognition is given to. Sarah, for instance, is one of only two women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And, and the Bible says that it is her faith in God's promise to make her a mother that gets her acknowledgement. She has faith that God will make her a mother in her old age. And, and because of this, the Bible holds her up as this standard, this, this example of faith throughout human history. It's her legacy. 
And there is Jochebed, Moses' mother, not mentioned by name in Hebrews chapter 11, but referenced in Hebrews chapter 11 as a woman of great faith, a woman who helped to protect her child when Pharaoh in Egypt wanted to destroy all the baby boys. But there are also women throughout the Bible who are affirmed and who had a great impact on God's cause in the world, and it has nothing to do with them being mothers. In Hebrews chapter 11, the only, the only other woman to be mentioned by name in Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says in verse 31, by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. Wait a second. A prostitute's legacy is acknowledged in the Bible? Someone that we would see as the antithesis of a wholesome, godly mother is, is praised and held up to this high standard and glorious standard in the Bible? Yep. And, and not just this one. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, the first gospel in the New Testament, the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 26. There's another story about such a lady. Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse six. While Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman approached him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She poured it on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This might have been sold for a great deal and given to the poor. And given to the poor. Now, there are other aspects of this story, other pieces of information that we have about this story, because two other gospel writers, both Luke and John, took time to share their reflections about this story. We know that the house where Jesus was at was, was a house of a man by the name of Simon. Simon was a leper, as it says in the story, but Simon was also a Pharisee. We know that this lady in the story is, is Mary of Magdala, but also Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. We know too that she was a sinner. That is what she was referred to in another one of the versions. That is a polite way of saying she was a woman that slept with men she wasn't supposed to. That's what they're saying there. But here is something that Jesus said and something he said uniquely about her and no one else in the Bible. Listen to this. He said in verse 13 of chapter 26, truly I tell you, this is Jesus talking about this woman's legacy. Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told, and listen to this, in memory, in memory of her. Did you catch that? Last line, what a powerful last line, that when people hear all the stories that tell them about Jesus, they'll also be told in this story about her. Wait, when people talk about the gospel, they're not just going to only mention Jesus or only focus on Jesus. No, in memory of her as an example of commitment to Jesus Christ. Her act left 
a legacy. Not because she was a mother, not because she was perfect, but because she anointed Jesus' feet and she recognized him as her savior. It is not just good to acknowledge the legacy of the women in the family of God. It is not just good to do so at Mother's Day. It's not just politically correct to do so. It is actually biblical to acknowledge the women in our midst. Let me share with you just one more story uh, from the Bible, a story about two women, two, two very tough women, Deborah and Jael. It's found in the book of Judges chapter four. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud had died. So the Lord sold them to King Jabin of Canaan who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera who lived in Herosheth of the nations. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord because Jabin had 900 iron chariots and he harshly oppressed them 20 years. Deborah, a prophetess and the wife of Lepidoth was judging Israel at the time. That is the first woman in the story, Deborah. The Bible says she was judging Israel at the time. What does that mean? That means that, that God had chosen her to be the leader of Israel. Just as God had chosen Samson and God had chosen Gideon and God had chosen Ehud. Now God raises up in their midst, this woman. And the Bible says that she would sit under the palm tree. This is verse five of chapter four the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to settle their disputes. They were, they were seeking her counsel and her wisdom was so great. And because she was a prophetess, God was giving her insights and she was leading and guiding the children of Israel. Then in verse six, it tells us, she summoned Barak, son of Abinanom from Kadesh in Naphtali and said to him, hasn't the Lord, the God of Israel commanded you go deploy the troops on Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the Naphtalites and Zebulonites. Then I will lure Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, his chariots and his infantry at the Wadi Kashan to fight against you. And I will hand him over to you. Listen to what Barak says back to her. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. It's a pretty good counsel for men. I just think about my own life. Anytime Christina said, let's not go there, let's not do that, it's usually been the right counsel. And he says, look, I'll go if you're going, but if you're not going, then I don't wanna go. She says, I will gladly go with you. But then she said this, but you will receive no honor on the road you are about to take because the Lord will sell Sisera to a woman. But the woman being spoken of here, is not Deborah. It's not Deborah. So Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. 10,000 men followed him and Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite had moved away from the Kenites and sons of Hobab, Moses' father-in-law, and pitched his tent beside the oak tree of Zanaim, which was near Kadesh. It was reported to Sisera that Barak, son of Abinanom, had gone up Mount Tabor. Sisera summoned all his 900 iron chariots and all the troops who were with him from Herosheth of the nations to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, go, this is the day the Lord has handed Sisera over to you. Hasn't the Lord gone before you? So Barak came down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And then the Lord destroys the army of Sisera. But Sisera got away, the Bible tells us. In verse 17, he fled on foot to the tent of jail. That's our second woman, the tent of jail. 
the wife of Heber, the Kenite, because there was peace between King Jabin of Hazar and the family of Heber, the Kenite. Jael went out to greet Sisera and said to him, come in, my Lord, come in with me. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. He said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. She opened a container of milk, gave him a drink and covered him again. Then he said to her, stand at the entrance to the tent. If a man comes and asks you, is there a man in here? Say no. While he was sleeping from exhaustion, Heber's wife, Jael, took a tent peg, grabbed a hammer, and went silently to Sisera. She hammered the peg into his temple and drove it into the ground, and Sisera died. Now, it's kind of a gruesome story. I don't want you to focus on the story, but I want you to focus on is this. Israel is in desperate straits. For 20 years, they have been under captivity of this king. And God raises up two women to leave this legacy of, of deliverance for God's people, Deborah and Jael. In fact, in fact, such a, a, a mighty legacy did they leave that, that Deborah and Barak wrote a song and they sang it over these events. And in verse six, it says, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael. Such a legacy that, that, that now those days are being known as the days of Jael. Some people refer to, to the 80s as the, the days of Reagan. Uh, we refer to, to the time period when, when JFK and Jackie Kennedy were in the White House as, as Camelot. And, we, and it's a, a legacy that's been left about these golden years in politics. These legacies that have been left. And, and here the Bible refers to this as the days of JL. There's this legacy that's left, but it doesn't end there. Down in verse 24, the song continues and listen to what it says. JL is the most blessed of women. She is the most blessed among tent dwelling women because she delivered them from Sisera. She delivered them from Sisera, a song written about her. Think about this. Songs are, are legacy leavers. The reason why people write songs is because people want to remember that history. They want to remember that, that moment in time. There are still songs we sing on, on, on Patriot holidays that are, that are from the time of the revolution, that are the, from the time of the Civil War. These are still songs that we sing to, to honor America. To remember those times of deliverance. Those legacies are left in songs. We sing songs from the, from the 1960s and the 1970s. I was raised on, on this protest music. On these songs of, of protest commemorating the era and the time. And these, these songs have lived on. These songs have lived on. There are songs maybe right now being written in our time that, 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 that will, will live on and will help tell the story of what we have gone through. Well, this is a song to commemorate this legacy of these women, to commemorate their legacy. On, on Sunday, I was at this birthday party with my, uh, for one of my sons. They were outside playing kickball. Uh, one of uh, boys, one of my son's friends had a birthday party and they're outside playing kickball. And I was there. Pastor Jason was there with his boys. And, and this song just kept going through my brain in a loop over and over again. That's what songs do. They get stuck in your brain. And, and it's a, 
It's a song. It was just a couple lines from this song. It's a song from a 1973 song by the Imperials. Some of you know who the Imperials are. And, and the song, the, the li- lyrics that were stuck in my brain are, were, I met God in the morning when the day was at its best. And over and over again, that song just kept going around in my brain. I kept saying, Jason, man, I got this song in my brain. I was like, at least it's a good lyric. This song from 1973 just got stuck in my brain. It's there and I'm singing it from the Imperials. Can you imagine the, 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 the little children, the little children of, of Israel, this, this biblical legacy that, that's going around? They're singing this song. Oh, wife of Heber, most blessed among women. Oh, Jael, the tent maker, the most blessed among women. I know it's not nearly as good as the Imperials, but, but folks, little Hebrew boys and girls were going around and singing this song about the deliverance. These two women, Deborah and Jael, delivered God's people. That story ends in this way. It tells us that God gave peace to his people for 40 years under the leadership of Deborah. Deborah was a leader for 40 years. Why? Because another woman had the courage to step forward and help deliver Israel. It is right. It is biblical to honor the legacy of women in our church. Men, we should always give honor to the ladies in our midst. Let's not just do it at at, at Mother's Day, but let's make sure we're saying thank you to the ladies in our midst on a regular basis. This church, part of its legacy is because of a faithful woman. When I read our history, Ella Mae Robinson, the the granddaughter of, of Ellen White, she wrote this about Mrs. Doyle, that Mrs. Doyle would constantly come up to their church in Highsville and, and would, would gather a group of people and say, we've got to go down to Spencerville. We've got to walk those dusty roads. They were just all dirt roads around here at the time. And, and she says that, that every week, Miss Doyle would take the group out and they would walk the roads knocking, going from door to door to door to share the love of Jesus with this community, this community where our church now sits. The legacy of women is is biblical it's it's historical it's it's personal to our church as well we're so grateful for all the ladies of the past and that the ladies of the present have done for us and men we should acknowledge that but i want to say something also to the moms and the grandmas and the aunts and any other lady that is listening Let me ask you this question. What kind of legacy are you leaving? What kind of influence are you leaving? Are you leaving in the lives of your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, uh, your your circle of influence? What kind of legacy are you leaving in in your workplace, with your group of friends, with your employees? Here's what you need to know. Your influence is greater and broader than you realize. A Rahab, when, when she hung the, the cord, the red cord out her window, she had no idea that her name would be memorialized in Scripture for the rest of history as a woman of great faith. Pharaoh's daughter, when she picked up that basket out of the water, she had no idea that we would always remember that and, and be grateful to her for helping to save Moses and thus deliver Israel. 
You do not understand how great and how broad your influence is. And, and ladies, as I read this, this story, as I read this story from the Bible, or as I read the stories actually of the Bible, what I realize is this, that every woman in the Bible was vastly different from Queen Esther to Mary Magdalene, from, from Jochebed to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Every lady was different from Rahab to Jael to Deborah. Every lady was different. All their stories are different. You know what that teaches us? That means there isn't one perfect candidate for being a great mom or a great woman. It means this, you don't have to have it figured all out. I don't think Rahab had it figured all out when she was a prostitute. I don't think Mary had it figured all out when she was washing Jesus' feet with her tears. You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom. You don't have to be a working mom. You don't have to be a married mom or a widowed mom or a divorced mom. You don't have to be a mom at all for God to use you to leave a legacy in this world. God can do anything with anyone, man or male or female, but we're talking to the women right now. Any female who is fully consecrated to him. Ladies, we are so grateful for each of you. We need your legacy making skills in our community of faith. The Bible shows us throughout history that, that we've needed you and your impact to bring us to where we are. Not just because you have the babies and we're all birthed from women. But mother or not, we need you. God calls you to surrender your lives fully to Jesus and to leave a legacy, a biblically sized legacy that will rise up and call you blessed. Today, today, we thank you and we ask you to be women fully consecrated to God because we need you in our midst to continue driving this movement forward. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the ladies that you have put in our midst, from the ladies of the past, the biblical history, and all that they did to, to bring us to this point in history. We thank you for the, the ladies in the history of this church. We thank you for the ladies that are here now, every single one of them, for all that God is doing to use them in a special way. I think of in, in, in a particular way right now, my colleagues, Pastor Candace and Pastor Larone and Carol, we, we thank you for calling them to this church at this place and time to be used to help lead and guide us in the ways of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every lady that is watching this, that Lord, they will surrender their hearts fully to you, that they will consecrate their lives to you, that they will anoint your feet with their tears. Lord, because when they do this, 
our church is impacted in amazing ways. Lord, and I pray for us men that we will acknowledge and be grateful, not simply because it's Mother's Day, but because it's biblical to acknowledge the blessing of the females in our midst, to acknowledge their gifts, their leadership, their talents, and their spiritual discernment that brings so much wisdom to our community of faith. Lord, I want to pray also in a special way for, for the younger ladies that are listening that, that, that haven't yet fully maybe reached their potential. Help them to know that they can do amazing things, that they will do amazing things as they surrender their lives daily to you. There is nothing that you will not be able to do with them as they say, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Or that is my prayer for them. That's my prayer for all of us. Continue to make us a movement, Lord Jesus. Men and women working together. Striving after your will. And surrendering. And being committed to your cause. In your name we pray. Amen.